Times Tribune cartoonist John Cole was born in Rochester but raised in Kentucky. John began his daily newspaper career in Kentucky as a reporter, photographer, illustrator, and sometimes cartoonist. He joined the Times Tribune in 2005 and has won numerous awards and is syndicated globally through Kegel Cartoons. Welcome to News Engine, John. Hi. I'm glad you were able to come in today. I have a million questions for you, and I've always been a big fan. How does an editorial cartoonist get started? Were you just a, like a, a wise guy in school gribbling, scribbling on your notebook or something? How, how do you get started doing this? Well, yeah, yeah, kind of yes and no. I mean, I was uh, the editor of my high school newspaper, and I always drew comic strips for my junior high newspaper, which is now middle school, and uh, high school paper. Um, I had some feedback from uh, from from students who either agreed or found my my thought my cartoons were funny or they thought my cartoons were totally offensive. <laughs> um, there's a long story in that, but and we'll go into that here. But um, the uh, and then I, I but I went on to major and I wanted to work in newspapers, so I got my degree in journalism uh, and then worked at a series of newspapers uh, in Kentucky and later in North Carolina. And while I was there. Um, I started to realize that I still wanted to do the cartooning thing. I mean, it's like I enjoyed reporting and I enjoyed the writing, but it was the cartooning that I found really interesting. Um, and it seemed like a really cool way to be able to make a living doing that. Um, and uh, so that's what I just started drawing on the side. I'm creating illustrations for food pages for a little newspaper I worked for in Danville, Kentucky, beautiful little town. But uh, And then I started drawing editorial cartoons for them. And then I wound up getting a job at the Durham, North Carolina newspaper. And I was there for a number of years. And I eventually worked my way into becoming the full-time editorial cartoonist there. In addition, I was also the graphics editor. But I, my main job was five editorial cartoons a week. You're from Rochester, but I can hear the Kentucky uh, oh, yeah. in your voice. You well, spent most of your well, life down two. there. Yeah, I was too. My mom and dad, my dad was uh, at Strong Memorial Hospital doing his internship and residency. And then uh, he met my mom, who was from Rochester, and I was born there. But when when I was uh, two years old, family moved back down to Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, and that's where I grew up. So, And then I was down in North Carolina. And then I went to school in Virginia. And then I was in Kentucky for a long I was in rather North Carolina for almost two decades after that. So it kind of, the accent kind of sticks. So you get the full uh, variety or the full array of, of various Southern accents. I oh, just yeah. heard you do yeah. several of them there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of different, like, there's just a lot of, lot of different accents in, you know, in Pennsylvania. There's the Yinzer in Western Pennsylvania. And there's the, you know, the accent, the accent that disti- that's distinct to Northeastern Pennsylvania. So it's sort of something you kind of pick up the so. locals up here give you any grief a little I, foghorn I, leghorn thing no, or anything no, I, I just give them brief back i gotta go get a couple two three beers how about that <laughs> fair enough you've got to be a unique combination of smart and funny when you do your job and i have to imagine that that mix can sometimes be hard to find yeah i you know i don't know i don't i don't i don't, I don't know how smart or how funny i am things are just you know, you do this long enough and it's sort of a, there's sort of a, a mental Rolodex of, uh, you look at a story in the paper. The biggest, the, the most difficult part of this job is the idea. And a lot of times the most difficult part of the idea is opening the paper and finding something that you have enough of an opinion about to really be able to like sink your teeth into it. Uh, most times, you know, I do find something I can, I can make a commentary. There's always something going on locally or nationally or internationally, but mostly, believe me, there's plenty of local stuff here. But then you have a, a Rolodex of, of metaphors and similes and ideas and graphic images. The first thing you got to do is think of an idea that readers are going to understand. And you know, that's the reason you see, you know, there are certain images like the flag raising on Iwo Jima or the American Gothic 
or the Hindenburg or the, the, the or the the Titanic of all. I mean, these metaphors that you can use endlessly, and you don't want to do them too often. But it, but it's just they connect. People understand that, and then you can use that to to write to make your opinion make your point of uh, to make the point of the cartoon clear. And that's the main thing we were talking with my editors earlier about. You know the difference between some cartoons are really really wordy. And other cartoons are very, very simple, and a lot of times it's just a drawing, and that's my cartoon for tomorrow. It's just about gas prices. Um, it's just a, it's going to be a label, but it's going to be no words and no text. And I figure those cartoons a lot of times are the ones that work best because I figure that I've got five seconds, you know, and you think about that one, well, you know, I'm not going to count it off, but five seconds is a lot of time to get your point across to the reader, and the reader's going to look, and he, but there are places in the paper that, he want, that they want to go to, so... So with that in mind, how do you know a cartoon has hit its mark? It's I, I know you know people write letters to the editor. Uh, you're online now, so people can leave comments. Uh, but when you when you draw one, do you, do you typically say I, I I nailed it, or are you a little unsure about that? Yeah, I don't you know I don't know until I put it out there. There are cartoons. I, some of my favorite cartoons I've ever drawn got crickets. I mean, I just in terms of response online or in commentary or from you know from from. I do know that there are certain cartoons that I draw that get a lot of reprints. I'm syndicated through Kegel, um, Kegel Syndicate, so my stuff goes all over the country and I guess presumably farther abroad. Um, but it's it's funny. I don't know. I don't know how a cartoon's going to land until it lands. And it, usually the response is in you know like a, nowadays with social media, the number of shares and the number of retweets and the number of comments. And what you're looking, and I know I've hit my mark. Generally, if I the more negative comments I get, the more <laughs> the more people I, I get people angry at me, then probably that's probably a good idea that the cartoon hit its mark. Yeah, and that brings me that brings me up to an, another point about you, and I've always wondered this. I, I know a little bit about about how you do this, just from you know, from knowing you for all these years. You seem to find an identifying feature on on people, and then you kind of emphasize that feature maybe teeth ears hair or something like that mm -hmm. is that hard to do without being offensive there's going to be a fine balance well, there right generally speaking <laughs> the point of being a toy to a toy cartoon is to be offensive sometimes i mean it's like when i'm drawing i mean it's like i, I looked at the cartoons you get you know some of the i mean obviously with mike peters who's a great cartoonist and it was the dayton daily news once observed back during the Reagan years, a cartoonist, you could draw a pompadour and a coconut, and it became Ronald Reagan. <laughs> I mean, that's just certain, uh, immediately, you know, uh, Jimmy, Jeff McNally drew a peanut with an enormous, wide, livery-lipped grin on it, and it obviously was Jimmy Carter. So, I mean, I, what happens is over time, um, and when you're dealing with local politicians, uh, a lot of times people aren't really totally familiar with what they look like. But if I, you know, over time, like, you know, people like Bob Cordero or Bill Courtright or other local politicians who I would draw over and over and over again, after a while, it's really honestly their cartoon, the caricature really didn't, wasn't like a dead on caricature, but it was a cartoon version of them. And if you saw the cartoons, you know, there he is, <laughs> you know, it's like Bill Courtright was like all ears and big, you know, he had the jowly look and this huge nose and. You know, I just complete exaggeration of his actual look, but it was Bob. It, for the purposes of the cartoon, it was Bill Courtright. So, do you, do you have to be a little more sensitive when you're when you're drawing women or minorities? Does that ever play into it, or is it the I, same? No, I, break, you know, same rules for everybody. I yeah, it's same rules for everybody. Generally speaking, a lot of times nowadays, there are some cartoonists who've taken heat for like drawing a, a a scathing caricature of a person of color or a woman, saying they're misogynistic or racist. 
But as a cartoonist, I look at it, it's just the cartoonist doing their job. And, you know, there was a cartoon that ran not long ago uh, by a fine cartoonist in Australia who did a cartoon critical of Serena Williams. And it was, you know, look at the cartoon, and it was like dead on Serena Williams. They looked just like her, and it was like making fun. He was criticizing her for overreacting in a match or something like that. But it's the fact that he'd drawn this unflattering caricature of a woman of color that he got all of this, you know, he was attacked. And I'm like... Yeah, you know, it's like, no, that's that's not, it's not the same thing. The way I look at it is this cartoonist was just doing his job. You mentioned some of the local politicians. Uh, I, I don't know that you hear from the national or, or global figures, but I'm sure you've heard back from some of the locals. Can can you tell us about anybody who absolutely hated the way you portrayed them? You know, actually, I don't hear that much back um, from local politicians. I mean, I know that they, uh, I know they see my cartoons, Um Maybe they're just trying not to attract attention to themselves. I did get a reaction one time from a uh, female uh, member of the legislature um, that they were, she was not happy with her, you know, not happy with her caricature. But, you know, what can I say? It's like, write a letter to the editor. I mean, (laughs) that's really the only response. And when somebody is unhappy with a cartoon or the point that a cartoon makes or the image in a cartoon, um, and I'd say, you know, and that's the same. That's our policy down on the editorial page. We we welcome letters to the editor. If you disagree with it, if you want to make an argument about it, we'll consider it for publication. And usually, we do publish it. So, so you're not at the supermarket and you're standing there, you know, waiting to buy your your stuff, and somebody taps you on the shoulder and says, you know, hey. My teeth aren't that big. No, no. <laughs> that doesn't happen. I, I, not that I recall. Most of the time, it's people say, I, mean, I'll be, "I don't." People who I draw cartoons of don't do that. I do have people in the stop me in the stu- supermarket and telling me they like the day's cartoon. So you know, I'm, it's like, I'm, what am I? Where am I going wrong? I mean, you're yeah. not supposed to like it. You're supposed to get angry about it. But you know, no, I, I haven't gotten that. You know, it's it's funny. It's uh, you know. Well, that, that's a good point, actually. You mentioned you're supposed to get angry about it. I mean, you're you're trying to get reactions out of people. You're trying mm-hmm. to get people, you know, riled up and, and, and be maybe aware or... Well, uh, I just try to get people to think, you know, like, you know, just to, it's, it's like, uh, you know, to look at a car, to look at an idea in a different way. Um, I'm not going out there to, with the intention of making people mad. Now, if my opinion makes you mad, then like, well, that's, you know, like I said, we, we welcome letters to the editor. But I don't think it's my. I really think a lot of times it's my my. The, I'm out there as much as to uh, like entertain readers and give them something to like you know they can chuckle about or they can get mad about or just. But the point of the matter is they, when they pick up the paper, I would like to think that they pick one of the. I'm one of the reasons they pick up the paper and open it and look at it to see what that crazy you know what on the editorial page <laughs> drew today you know. Um, so you know and and uh, it's. In addition to making, I think, you know, points about local politics, you know, and and, and, and and the area we live in as well. So most local newspapers don't employ a cartoonist anymore. You're kind of part of a pretty small group of artists out yeah, there, aren't you? very small. When I first started uh, doing this like full time, which probably been about, know, about 1988, 90 in Durham, there were probably, and I, I wish I had the numbers in front of me, but there were probably in excess of 200 full time cartoonists. Working, which means there were still fewer cartoonists than there were members of the NBA, but you know, <laughs> or some or some number like that. Um, uh, and now I, 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 last time I did a census, it was like I think there may be like fifty, forty, maybe nationwide. And you probably yeah. know most of those guys. Oh yeah, right? I, I know almost all of them. Yeah, and there, there are a number of cartoonists who are former 
full-timers who are doing it freelance now, but then they're supplementing their income with other projects like children's books and illustration and things like that. So, Dude, uh, I want, I want to, I want to read a children's book that you write. Yeah, well, I've got a couple of ideas. I'm say I'm saving them for retirement, you know, so. Yeah. I love it. Hey, when you rolled into town, what did, what did the locals think of you? Like, I, I what was the, do, you, do you remember any kind of a reaction or impact when you first pulled in? Uh, I think that basically that, well, you know, I'd done cartoons for a while beforehand, so I kind of knew, and I'd been working in newspapers for 20, almost 30 years. I don't know. I just think that I'd, some cartoonists, some of the readers, I think, were kind of surprised by how quickly I hit the ground. I think my first target was uh, the Abington Heights, uh, uh, Abington Heights School District was going through this contract that was done really behind closed doors uh, with, a member of a, with a member of the school board who had input with the union and, and this huge contract went through with any real oversight, you know, any public knowledge. And I saw, I went after this person and they were kind of like, Whoa, <laughs> I mean, it's like, and I can't remember. And it started, I probably started and I got here just in time for the whole Bob Cordero, Chucky Costanza, uh, the poop in the, the, the poop in the, in the bell tower yep, yep. At, at, at the courthouse. <laughs> and, and it just, and it was, and it just sort of like, you know, it sort of ballooned from there. You know, it's like, this is a target rich environment, Northeastern Pennsylvania and particularly Lackawanna County and Luzerne County are just a, a, a an embarrassment of riches. We, we've had three people with uh, who work in the opinion uh, field at our at our paper, and you're the third one to say it's a target rich environment. Oh yeah, it here. is. It is, and it's like you know a lot of people say, "Who's your favorite target?" Well, I really don't have targets. I mean, I do have car- I do have public officials who I draw a lot more than others, but that's simply because of who they what they do and what they say is, and as, as opposed to simply who they are. See, I don't, I don't attack people for being a Republican or being a Democrat. I attack you basically. I'll attack you or draw a cartoon lampooning you, uh, based on you know your conduct, what you do as a as a public official. So you're never as if you're a public official, you're <clears throat> never really safe. Sooner or later, you may say or do something that's going to wind you up on the uh, editorial page of the Times Tribune, featured in a John Cole cartoon. You could, you could. It's possible. I mean, it's like you know, I, I, I haven't had there have been. Let's just say there are very, very few Lackawanna County politicians who have um, managed to go through even two or three or four years without having without deserving a cartoon and. and you know, it's funny. It's like now a cartoonist friend of mine down in North Carolina once said, "Everybody deserves a a positive, you know, pat on the back in a cartoon at least once." Unfortunately, it's usually their obituary cartoon, <laughs> and then, where they where, where they get drawn, you know, going through the pearly gates and they're meeting Saint Peter, and here's the joke about their life. But you know, um, but uh, you know, most of the time it's just it is it's really tough. You know, when you're a politician, you got to roll, you got to log roll, you got to make. You know concessions, and you know it's just you. It's much about drawing about cartooning. You're drawing about the human condition. You know this is just how people. This is how life goes. You know, you mentioned the Abington uh, school strife and strike uh, back in the. I guess it was the mid. 2000s when you when you first showed up. I was here 05. Yeah, that, that <clears> had <throat> to be a bit of a, a, a of a shocker for them because you don't typically find the you know the school board uh, or you know a, a school official on the you know in, in the editorial cartoon. So so that had to raise a few eyebrows up there in the Abingtons. I, I would imagine yeah, that I don't you know, I both, you know this, you have this, arrived. Well, this car, well I I hope I made my mark. But this car I followed a long line of really fine cartoonists. I mean there was Lou Harsh before. At the beginning, and then he was followed by, uh, I guess, who was it? Uh, Walt Handelsman. 
And, uh, and oh, Kirk, no, Kirk, was, Kirk Walters. Yep. Kirk Walters then went to Toledo. Kirk Walters, great cartoonist. He was followed by Handelsman, who now has two Pulitzers, and I guess he's still down in New Orleans. He was at Newsday for a while. Okay. And then uh, and then Dennis Rowan, and then it was me. So there's always been somebody on the editorial page has always probably reliably had a cartoon on it, featured a featured cartoon about local politics, about county commissioners or about school districts or about, you know, I've had a lot of cartoons recently about Scranton School District because of the teacher strike. In the contract, um, so I'll, and I'll probably have something on that for later this later in this way. I'm just waiting to see how the, uh, that the the union is supposed to vote today on the contract, and then the school board will take it up a week from today. So between then and now, I've got a I'll have an opportunity to have something to say because right now they're not revealing the details of the contract, and that's something taxpayers in Lackawanna County or in Scranton rather deserve to know. So I didn't know Kurt, but I knew Dennis and I, I knew Walt, and uh, obviously I know you. What's the music deal? You guys are all either musicians or wanna be musicians or music yeah, fans. Yeah. I, I, yeah, how's that happen? <laughs> almost every almost every it's funny. It's like we used to have these huge uh, cartoonist conventions every year and everybody I would say half the guys there either played harmonica or guitar. You know, and I, it's it's something they just I don't know, it's I maybe just kinda go the two go kinda hand in hand. So um, yeah, I played guitar on the side for a while. So uh, you know, and I don't know. I don't, that is a good question. I've never really you know, never really thought about it. They also play a lot of golf, which I don't do. But <laughs> so, who's your favorite? You've drawn a, a, a hundreds, thousands of, of people over the years. Do you, do you have a, a couple of favorites that, that sort of stick out where you say to yourself, you know, I, I know I really, I really got that one well, or uh, maybe even other cartoonists have said to you, I love your fill yeah, in the blank. I, well, I think I, I think I love drawing cartoons. Well, you know, I love and hate drawing cartoons about Donald Trump. Okay. But he just makes it so easy. And the thing about Donald Trump is that Donald Trump probably loves it when we're drawing about Donald Trump, too, because that makes him the center of attention. But he'd never uh, tell you that. Yeah, he'd never do no, <laughs> no, he'd complain about it. But it's like, you know, no, that's uh, the, he's, he's, he's the classic case of the old Oscar Wilde uh, observation. The only thing worse than being talked about is not being talked about. I think that... Uh, I, I like the. I, I have a huge. We were just going back through all the cartoons that I did, drew about uh, the trouble with Cali, and going about all the cartoons I drew about uh, about um, um, Paul Servino and uh, yeah, the, Paul Servino and Bob Cordero and sure. AJ Munchak and and uh, you know I just say I I, I I could probably put together a chapter of a book just with cartoons about Bob Cordero and the, and the and the Red Barons and the sale of the baseball team and. Uh, just going on and on, and then he got into the corruption trial. So I probably have drawn more cartoons about about Mr. Cordero than I have just about any other local politician. But then there's Bill Court, right? Um, he was a lot of he was a lot of fun to draw. Um, and uh, and I'm trying to think what else. I mean, I drew a lot of. I mean, it's like you go back in the dark ages, you know, what relatively the dark ages of George W. Bush and Bill Clinton and uh, Bush the first, and then I probably started drawing cartoons regularly during the uh, middle of the reagan administration so uh, i mean they've all they're all they're like all they're all my children <laughs> <laughs> been, been drawing presidents since the 80s i know no kidding i'm that i am i'm i'm that old i am that old so yeah oh yeah and it was one thing i really wanted to say you want to talk about one of my favorite targets okay the 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 gift in this holiday season the gift that keeps on giving is our legislature the Pennsylvania legislature is like the most bloated, overpaid. You know, they just they just can't do anything without something doing something for themselves at the same time. So they've been very good, you know, for for political cartooning. You can 
ask me or ask any other political cartoonist who works in Pennsylvania. So anyway, just so, want to go a special shout out to our boys down in Harrisburg. So how do you draw those and, guys uh, in a group? You usually represent them by what? Maybe the, the, the building? Well, or right now, you... mostly I've been representing them with the Republican elephant because the GOP okay. has controlled, <laughs> has controlled the, both houses for, had a stranglehold almost on both houses now for, um, for, uh, for years now. Uh, I think probably since I got here. Um, and uh, they just pretty much call the shots, you know, and it's uh, they, I, it, whether it's the whether it's the, you know, the, the refusal to enact a gas severance tax, which I think would be incredibly beneficial to the state. Uh, and uh, or it's in now this this push to, like, you know, advance Donald Trump's big lie that the Republican, that the party, that the election in 2020 was somehow stolen, which there's no evidence to support that. I mean, these guys are just, you know, what I say? It's like, it's, a, it's, a, it's like I say, they call it low-hanging fruit, so. Fair enough. Uh, maybe next year you come back and bring the guitar? Oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> if we I twist. Gotta, if we... I mean, I'm, I'm, very, I'm famous for, like, I know, like, I know, like, 10,000 songs, but only, like, a handful of them all the way through. Yeah, I sit down, I figure out a song. I say, once I've got the chord pattern, eh, it's good. Okay, let's go on to the next one. And everybody's going, like, can you please finish a song, you know? So. Fair enough. John, thanks for coming in right. today. My pleasure.